Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders that are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders and teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. The Sales Leadership Podcast is proud to be sponsored by Outreach. That's Outreach.io, the leading sales engagement platform. Outreach supports sales reps by enabling them to humanize communications at scale from automating the soul-sucking manual work that eats up sales time to providing action-oriented tips on what communications are working best. Outreach has your back. It's a great product. The company is filled with amazing people. And I can tell you firsthand, Outreach will make your sales org better. Do yourself a favor and check them out today. The Sales Leadership Podcast is also brought to you by Xvoyant, the one-on-one sales improvement platform that's transforming how high-growth sales leaders use Salesforce around the world. If you're one of the 97% of sales leaders that have a sales process but don't have a structured one-on-one coaching process, check out Xvoyant today. The Xvoyant team will show you how your one-on-ones with each rep can drive purpose-driven activities in a way that will change careers in, in, in your organization almost immediately. If you don't have a plan on how you can help every rep on your team improve by at least 10%, Xvoyant can help you grow faster than you ever thought possible. We appreciate each of our listeners and are committed to introducing you to the most innovative, most successful sales leaders in the world. If you like what you hear, please keep those reviews coming on your favorite podcast sites. Your reviews make it easier for more people to find this show and be introduced to these sales success blueprints. Now... Get ready for some sales insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today we are joined by a friend of mine, Colleen Stanley. Colleen is one of the foremost experts in the world on emotional intelligence, sales, and sales leadership. She's the best-selling author of two books, Emotional Intelligence for Sales Success, which is now published in six languages, and her new book, soon to be released, Emotional Intelligence for Sales Leadership, which will be released in June of 2020, and the timing for this release could not be better. Colleen works with companies around the world as a trainer and speaker to help blend emotional intelligence skill training with consultative sales skill training. She helps sales leaders everywhere build high-performing teams that have more than just good selling skills. They have strong emotional intelligence skills. And these skills are more important today than they have ever been. And I am so excited to have Colleen join us on the show to help talk about these skills at a time that we need it most. Colleen, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining me. Rob, thanks for having me, and good to be with you. You know, Colleen, you and I met several years ago at, uh, at a group that I'm a big fan of and a big supporter of women sales pros at one of your conferences in, in Chicago, probably, what, four years ago, I think? Yes, you were nice enough to be one of our sponsors, and you were the one with the, I, I'm going to do a shout out, one of the best sales pitches around your product. Everybody loved you. So well, just, one of the best. should have been the best, Colleen. No, well, it was the best. You know. <laughs> we, we want to be conscious. You might have some of your colleagues listening to <laughs> You've got that Be Kind sweatshirt on, so. Yeah, well, thank you. No, I, Colleen, you and I have become friends. We've had some opportunities to get to know each other. I'm a big fan of your work, and I'm really excited. I think the conversation we're going to have today is one that's super timely given what's going on. But before we dive in, 
I always like to start by giving you a chance. Tell us about your company, Sales Leadership. Tell us a little bit what you do and who you work with. And, and, and let's start there before we dive into things. Okay. So I'll give you the uh, business brochure. Just okay. So we are a, uh, obviously a sales development firm and work in three buckets, accelerating predictable, sustainable uh, revenue. So you can the forecast. And there's three buckets we play in, sales training, sales training, and sales leadership uh, training. Now, the non-textbook description is we help companies hit the fund quota and the sales quota because my belief is that if you don't have the right type of training, sales can be a real uh, profession that's drudgery, one that they don't hit the enjoyment they should. So as as cliche as that can sound, I really feel like if you know what you're doing and you're being taught the right methodology, you'll hit the fund quota and the sales quota. And it becomes a little bit with ease and grace. I love that you that you take that approach because our job, you and I have had this conversation. We are part of the greatest profession in the world. When it's done right, sales is the best there is. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of inherent stress that comes with hitting quotas and now what we're facing. And, and there's a lot of people that probably aren't led as good as they could be led. And, and it creates unnecessary lack of fun. And if mm-hmm. we're happy with how we spend our professional careers, everything changes. So I love that you take that approach. What about this, you know, because we're going to talk about your books and we're going to talk about you and the things you've learned. And, and you definitely are when it comes to the topics that we're going to talk about. You're, you're, you're at the top of the table. You're at the best in the world of what we talk about. But how did you get attracted to sales? I always love hearing people's stories. Very few people say I want to be in sales when I grow up. I, I still hope that one of my children says that to me someday. <laughs> um, but uh, but how did you get into sales? And how did that lead you to f- starting your own firm and, and really being drawn to emotional intelligence? Well, I would say I've lived this serendipitous life because um, I always liken my, if I, you had to name a movie after your life, mine would be Forrest Gump. And that makes people very nervous. They're like, oh my God, he's going to be spending, you know, 45 minutes with this woman. But you remember how many serendipitous moments he had, you know, I bought in this little fruit company. So I actually had the fortune. I was working as a girl Friday for another salesperson. He was in the school business. And his boss said, hey, there's this little company that's starting to build out their first direct sales force out of Memphis, Tennessee. And the company is Varsity Spirit Corporation. Why don't you give them a call? So I called them all summer. Uh, Nobody returned my call because that was the height of their selling season. And so in the fall, I uh, got a return call and I became one of the first members of their direct sales team. So we were, Rob, kind of the David and the David and Goliath story because our competitor uh, Varsity's competitor was about eight times our size. They had more, wow. more branding, but that's where I've learned a great lesson. You don't have to be big to win. So we were all very passionate. And I would also say ignorance is bliss because we didn't even know we should be nervous about being the underdog. So today that company is now the Goliath in the business and they post revenues of about $5.6 billion between all three revenue streams. So I learned very, very scrappy sales. Um, you know, you didn't, you got one day of training and then it was the GGG program. Go get them. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> then we got pretty sophisticated. So I became vice president of sales and marketing there, developed one of their first training programs and found that I had an affinity for it and a real love for it. And after 10 years, resigned and uh, went off into my own business. Well, let's talk about that. That's a great story. I love the story. Thank you for sharing, sharing your story. And and uh, what you do is is 
outstanding. I, I, I can't wait to dive in now. So let's, let's talk about what's happening. I mean, we're in a time where things are changing. We're seeing stuff we haven't ever seen, right? We haven't right. seen anything like this where, you, you know, you, you can't go to stores or you can't go calling on customers and yeah. everyone's moving to remote. Uh, what are some of the changes that you're seeing happen in sales and particularly how do they affect sales leadership? What, what are just some of the things that you're observing right now? Well, I think the, you know, because we do work in emotional intelligence, what I'm very in, tuned into is what's the emotional state of two, two parties, right? Well, actually three, the salespeople, okay. sales leaders, and then their prospects and customers. And so if you simply focus on the sellers, um, obviously we all know there's a lot of fear out there in certain industries, right? Because right. your customers literally have gone away. If you're in the restaurant supply business, your customers have gone away. I mean, you've got some that can do delivery. Um, and then, so you've got an emotion of fear running out there. The sales leader perhaps has a fear that I've never been in this place before. Do I have the ability to guide my team? And they might fall back on what they know, which really, as you, you've mentioned before, may not be the cadence right now and, and studying those pipelines. And, and, and yes, you know, everything you guys help people with. And then, of course, you've got your prospects and customers. And, Rob, one of my colleagues yesterday, Lisa Magnuson, said, you know, it has gone from one-year strategic planning to one-hour strategic planning. And I thought that was a great way of putting it. Again, not for – that's almost for every company, whether your business is benefiting from this, if you want to call it trigger event, or it's being dramatically impacted by it. So, so fear is an emotion that I think we've got to learn how to – work through it, lead through it, and sell to it. So that's interesting. So I like how you brought, you went right to fear because when you see change this much, you hear all the stuff, oh, change always has opportunity, and there's truth to that. But what I like is you addressed fear because the change is so big and so all-encompassing. And what I appreciate is you're not look, looking to address it as like a kind of a carpetbagger, a robber baron saying, how do we take advantage of the fear? It's right. more how do I understand how it affects and impacts people. Am, am, I, am I understanding that correctly? Yes, and I think it's not dismissing it. Now, um, we all know in sales leadership, you, you manage each seller differently, right? And so some of the sales leaders might be using the approach of motivation. We can get through this. Others are, you know, problem solvers. Okay, let's get our heads together. What can we control? But, you know, for many sellers, they can't even hear the inspiration or hear your solutions until you've addressed emotionally how they are thinking or feeling. And, and frankly, I think people confuse fear with not being brave, fear, mm. lack of courage. It's, it's none of those things. It's simply an emotion that without addressing it and walking people through it, it can paralyze people. So they don't take any action is usually what happens or sometimes the wrong actions. Okay. So you have to forgive me. I'm writing down notes and that's one of the reasons our customer, our listeners love this podcast is I never know exactly where our show is going to go. Right. And I didn't know that that fear would be the first thing that we, that you have noticed. I was expecting you to say something about moving remote or whatever, but no, I, what I love is this is you, the emotional intelligence guru addressing fear. So you, you, you said that fear can be paralyzing. Can, can the way that you address fear help make it so it's less paralyzing? Can you make it so it's mobilizing instead of paralyzing? Is that possible to do? I do believe it is. And that's where uh, the, the soft skill, the emotional intelligence skill, Rob, would be 
real world empathy. And let me stress the words real world, because often, you know, empathy is almost becoming one of these cliche terms anymore. You probably, you know, you've seen it and heard it, a walk a mile in someone's shoes. But when you're real world, you are ready to dive in there and you've got to really say, okay, what's it like to be my seller right now? What's it like to be my prospect right now? And then you address those fears. And the fear might be, you don't think this is ever going to go away. Mm -hmm. uh, for some of your sellers, you may need to probably get to know them even more personally. They might have a spouse that just lost their job. They might have a child that uh, was maybe there's some type of, um, I don't want to be politically incorrect. I don't know what the correct term is, but maybe they're disabled. And all of a sudden they're bearing the full responsibility of that. Yeah. So the fear is, I am guessing you are concerned about this and then you do the best of your ability to state it. And what's the fear? We're never going to come out of this. This is going to last nine months. My parents are sick. And so I think those are the conversations because what I found with empathy, if you can really state what somebody's thinking or feeling, then and only then can they open up their mind to creativity and they can open up their mind to hearing some kind of solutions. So it's the old empathy first, advice second. And Diagnose before you prescribe. Yeah, well, and, and actually connect. Mm. Prescribe. That would be, and you know what, that takes some thinking, Rob. So for some of the sales leaders out there, let's say they're going to have that conversation with their seller. They may need to sit and just think for 20 minutes. Okay, I'm actually not afraid. I've been through the dot com. I'm saying this hypothetically. I've been through the dot-com crash. I've been through 2008. Uh, maybe these are people, uh, your sales leaders have even been through more than that personally. So they're not feeling quite the fear, but they have to stop and go, what is this person with all of their life? What's the thoughts? And that's how you address it. So it's not a empathy, actually, but the skill that uh, empathy is thinking and focus. So you got to think. Super. You got to focus then and only then can you demonstrate real world empathy. All right. So you don't have to be spending much time looking at what's going on. People are talking about empathy and you called it real world empathy. Mm -hmm. I often hear authentic or authenticity, but I love how you called it real world and your way of looking at it is already different than anybody I've seen just by what you've already talked about. Can you just help me and maybe our listeners Let's move past buzzwords a little bit because sometimes I worry that people use things as buzzwords. And for you, this is something you've made a science and a career out of. So I think you understand this in ways that most don't. And so I want to move past buzzwords. And I, I, Can we start with why are we hearing so much about it right now? I, I believe it's probably more important than it's ever been. And I hear a lot of people say, well, you should always connect with customers. If you weren't doing that, you, 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 you were doing it wrong anyway. Can, can you talk about why it's maybe a little different than just buzzwords? Is that a fair way to look at it, why it's more important? Yeah, and I, I think so many things get into the buzzword category unintentionally, right? Okay. Let's, let's take a look at this. If I was to say, get somebody thinking or feeling, you know what a lot of people are thinking or feeling right now? This isn't fair. This isn't fair. And how many of us are actually having these conversations with either our seller or prospects? You've done everything right. You know, you had a full pipeline set up for Q1. You did all the activity. This isn't fair. That, mm. that, that could be one of the emotions going through right now. 
So, Colleen, you have to let me interrupt you. You know me well enough. You know I'm going to interrupt you, so don't don't get oh, mad at oh, me. Oh, do. We can just yeah. talk about So, so I, I always have called – I've always called that word the F word in business, the F word of sales, fair. It's the mm-hmm. F word. You know you know what? You, you don't get to expect things to be fair. And and I'm so happy that you went there because, boy, I, whenever I see people talking about fair, I, I always have to pause and say we're looking at the wrong things, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's okay to address that, and then, you know, that might be what the seller's thinking. Okay, once you said it, no, it isn't, and they, see, you've said what they're thinking or feeling, then we might be able to use your words, mobilize, right? Yeah. You've got some people right now, from a prospect point of view, they might be thinking, I knew I should have been making more of a move to set my workers up remotely, more remote training, and they're feeling foolish. They're kicking themselves, if that's the word. Well, those might be some of the conversations you either bring up or when you bring it up, you know how to deal with it. So you've got a few people kicking themselves thinking, I could have been better prepared for this. And who? And at this point, it doesn't. So I'm just trying to bring up examples of what people may not be thinking about their prospects, you know, the emotional state and, and their sellers. Yeah, so I, I think that that's really something I want to just, like, I, I don't want to just move past that. I want to sit on this just a little bit longer and ask a little more, I'll peel this back a little bit, because it's more than just more personalization, right? I mean, it's I think some people are just saying, because I, I hear that, and I think there's truth to it. Now, now is not the time for sequences or cadences. Oh, no. It, it's it's for oh. sure not. It's It's the time for more personalization, but... If personalization is only there to try and change your connect rate, I still don't think we're showing empathy. Or, or Again, you're the expert on this. I'm not. I'm trying to understand it better because I think that real world and more authentic is more important than ever. If we're yeah. only personalizing for the ends to justify – the means to justify the ends, we're still missing it, right? Right. And, and Rob, there's a, a phrase out there, um, you know, you – but a phrase or whatever you want to call it, the most powerful selling skill you have is losing the attachment to the outcome. And what, when I'm attached to the outcome, I inherently will do and say things to get me to my goal, right? And so I think right now more than ever, you've got to be unattached to the outcome. And that's where when you become unattached, then your intent becomes very pure. And this is the part that's really hard to teach people because um, intent is more of an energy. It's more of a way of being. And that sounds a little bit woo. I understand that. But that to me is what you're saying because I can learn all of the empathy techniques and send out a pretty good email. It's going to be even better if my intent is there. So if I was to ask what's more important, intent or technique, your answer would be? Uh, intent, because I think it's how, I think intent drives how you show up and what you say, do, and be. So I think that's a big learning moment for everyone that's going through changes right now. Intent is more important than technique, because most of the time we're focused on technique, aren't we? We're focusing on say this, do this, first this, then this, overcome this objection this way. It's, yes. It's technique, technique, technique. So how do we help a sales team have intent trump technique? 
I guess I, I did not know we were going to go here, and I'm so excited that we're going down this hole because I think this is a big deal. I, I agree with you. I think intent is more important than technique, and I think that a, a customer or a prospect can tell if you're more focused on technique than you are on intent, right? Oh, they absolutely can because, Rob, some of it, um, if you're in the face-to-face, which will still occur with the Zoom calls, and, you know, the field reps will, you know, adjust to that. Um, they can see it in your expression. They can hear it in your tonality. And then the other thing, it's by the questions you ask because you're not asking those slightly leading questions and mm. are willing in a conversation to do uh, bring up the elephant in the room, right? And so the elephant in the room is just loud and clear right now is I'm feeling a little, you know, let's say you've got a service and you absolutely know this is what your company needs right now, that company needs right now, you need to reach out and say, um, I'm feeling even reluctant to reach out because my intent is to help and I'm really afraid it's going to come across and I'm trying to hit a sales quota. I mean, I don't have the wordsmithing down, but it, the right words are going to come out if you know that they actually, they don't know what they don't know. They don't know there's a service that can actually help them through these tough times. Um, so again, it's the intent, losing the outcome. Now, before this, how I would teach it, Rob, is I would always tell salespeople, if you want to get good at understanding this mentality, have an extremely full pipeline, okay? Now, yeah. that might be working today. But when you have a full pipeline, you actually get a semblance of what it's like to work without the intent. Because you and I both know that when you've got this really full pipeline, you really show up going, I got to make sure this is a good fit because frankly, I'm so busy and I, if I sell you this, it's, I'm going to sell you something you don't need. So you actually do it in prior virus times. You do it when you have really big full sales pipelines because you're just showing up relaxed. Let's see if this is a fit. If it's not, I'll refer you off to somebody else. You know, I've always said that the best way to, to uh, resist discounting is to have a full pipeline. It is. Um, <laughs> and, but I like the way you're looking at that as well. So, so it, it changes a little bit. It adds even more depth to why prospecting matters so much because it actually allows you to focus on intent rather than technique if you are an effective prospector. If I'm putting your pieces of what you've said together, that's kind of how I'm putting that together. Am, am I interpreting that right? Yes, it is. And so the conversation with your sales team to get some of the creativity is, first of all, get the the intent, move past the fear, right? Address some of that and say, okay, let's pretend. And let's say we're an industry that their, their prospects have gone away. Let's, let's use uh, hospitality, right? Okay. Now, tough industry right now. Yeah. Oh, tough industry, right? Yeah. Tough. So then your salespeople, because when they're emotionally charged right now, so we, there's lots of conversation over, you know, when people get triggered, they're in a fight or flight state. Right. What these managers have to manage right now is, you know, the fight or flight is often a short-term emotional response, you know, releasing all those negative chemicals in your body, cortisol, and there's all these fancy names. But right now, what managers need to be aware of, you might have some sellers that are in this elevated fight or flight response. Now, when they're in that elevated response, so the body is constantly kind of shooting off these negative chemicals, number one, they cannot think creative, creatively, creatively, can't get say the word. 
Uh, <laughs> creativity. So they can't even think of new um, industries or verticals to pursue. And the second thing that's going to happen is they're going to get sick. It damages your immune system, which is what all of us are talking about. So they don't show up ready for peak performance. And so some of this goes into, I always say, sales management and stress management. And it is really stress management right now. So the, the other E is, you know, having some empathy for them, addressing the fear. Um, because if there are opportunities out there, they literally can't think of them because brain right now is in fight or flight. Sales management is stress management. I want to, I want to get back to that. We're going to, we're going to dive into that one. We're going to spend more than a couple of minutes on that one, uh, Colleen. So let's look at a couple of parts because uh, I want to try and make this as tactical as possible for our okay. listeners. And so let's look at, you mentioned prospecting and keeping a full, a full pipeline. What's the role of empathy and emotional intelligence? How can you, how can you prospect more emotionally intelligently or prospect with more empathy? Is, is that possible to do right now? Are there any kind of suggestions you might give our listeners that, you know, either from the book you have now or what you're going to release or things you're, you're observing? Yeah, so I would say if you're going to put it in a, a framework, Rob, first the one we've talked about, real-world empathy. Okay. And, you know, really stating what they're thinking or feeling right now. The second one would be the elephant. The elephant in the room that we must address is if you absolutely have a service that that prospect who is suffering, let me use that word suffering right now, can use, you got to address the elephant in the room that I don't want to look like I'm taking advantage Okay. Can we push pause on that? How the heck do you do that? That got to be easy to say, hard to do, right? You simply say, my concern in reaching out to you verbally and on your email is that this is going to look like I have no um, empathy or understanding of your situation and actually that I might even try to capitalize on it. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and you found that that's a really good way to start? I had a sample, and I wish I could find it, um, of an email that got sent. Somebody forwarded yesterday, and the gentleman, and he said, I think you're going to find this a great example of empathy. And the gentleman said, I'm having a hard time writing this email because I'm concerned it's going to land in your inbox, not with the right intention. Okay. And, and because I've got a product and service I think can help you, but I don't want to look like I'm taking advantage of a tough time. Yeah. It was beautiful. You know what? That's great advice. Yeah. So you, empathy and the elephant. Double E. Yeah. And you could flip them around. So, you know, you're the, you're really an expert on this, but the testing um, could be. And then the third one I think is you've got to sell to the emotional brain. And so this is something that, I'm sharing with sales teams, how do you make it? Because right now, the reptilian brain, as we all know, the lizard brain, it can overrun that prefrontal cortex, logical thinking. And so what can you do to make it safe for people to buy from you? Hmm. Now, there, people are looking at, can I get my staff? Um, I've got sales that are not coming in the door, but they know they need to do something. Great leaders know you just can't sit there and let it happen to you. But remember, <laughs> logic doesn't run the day, all right? So could you um, give them a free demo? I saw some company yesterday pop in my inbox and said, hey, listen, we are doing just fine during these times. It was a chat box company. 
we're giving away our chat box free, free. There's no strings attached here. We're just trying to help. Well, now what's going to happen is people that never even looked at that kind of service might go, okay. And I felt like the message I got was really pure, right? Listen, I'm not trying to make any money here. We've got more than enough business coming in the door. We're good. Okay. And then, so he was getting something away free. Um, I think if you had video testimonials, depending on the product or service, make it easy. See right now, people are just like, oh my gosh, I've got so many things to shift, move and change. Well, is there some tutorials out there? Is there any guarantees you can give? So I'm just making up things. I like it. But the 30 would be sell to that emotional brain. How do you make it safe and risk-free? Because right now we got enough risk going on. I like that word safe that you used. How do I make it safe to buy? Yeah. Um, Because that goes back to the first word that you used, addressing the fear, moving from fear to making it safe to buy. Like I've already blown up like several pages of my notepad as I listen to you. And you said that it takes a lot of thought to make that connection. And now I understand the connection, moving from fear to safety. Yeah. Um, Is there any best practices that you might share with uh, some of the listeners, you know, leaders that are working with reps and some reps that listen to our show as well? Is there any kind of sometimes go-to things that help you make those connections of going from fear to safety? Uh, I mean, I know it's different for every person, but I, I like that idea of making it safe. Is, is, is it pricing? Is it results? Is there like any kind of two or three things that sometimes work more than others? Well, I think you just mentioned a couple. You know, okay. a position that you absolutely know this product or service is going to make a difference for them, give them money-back guarantee. Who cares, right? Yeah. Um, because if they can just start using it, um, I think for some people, certain industries, like you mentioned, Rob, some of your field salespeople are moving internal. And maybe people are already doing this. Right. Somebody that's been a face-to-face seller, they're sitting there going, okay, you and I do Zoom a lot. We do a lot of video conferencing. You do a ton of speaking. That is, this is not scary. Somebody else it is. Yeah. So what do you do? Do you give them free training? We'll be on your first call with you. We'll role play with you. We'll help you with the lighting. We'll help you make sure. So I think it's really thinking, having, um, I think it was, who said it? A beginner's mind. I think Steve Jobs was big on that, but I think it came from Buddha. I'm not sure who gets credit. It's not mine. But when you can have a beginner's mind, then you can truly start answering the question, what's it like to be that person? So, yeah, so, so I'll, I'll use me as an example. You can coach me a little bit. And I, you know, maybe I screwed up and maybe I didn't. Hopefully our listeners will learn from you you uh, beating me up a little bit here. Uh, no so beating I'm, up because I'm going to buy that sweatshirt that says be kind. <laughs> um, so I, I uh, here at Exvoyant, as we were looking, how do, how do we be helpful? How do we not be seen as someone that's just contri- trying to be business as usual? Uh, we started with some of our customers that were in early phase, that hadn't like necessarily rolled out to everyone yet. And one of the things that we did for the first time ever is we put together enterprise site licenses. So you don't have to count heads on and, and have how many people use the leadership technology. We don't want it to be punitive from a pricing perspective. And so we did something we'd never done and we did enterprise site licenses as a way to try to make it feel safer to buy. So if you use all of it, great. If you use some of it, also great. Who cares? Because we removed that variable of, per seat, do we still get the same return? Is, it, is that a good example of, of trying to make it safer to buy? 
Yeah, and I think you could have accompanied that, and you maybe did say, hey, right now, the last thing you need to be worrying about a budget on is yeah. three more licenses. I mean, that's right. what yep. they're thinking. Because they're thinking, oh, God, do I really need this? I mean, right. I've got it. Uh, again, potential layoffs, depending on the industry. Uh, my supply chain is interrupted. We don't want to be that. We want to be one less thing to think about. And, right. and frankly, this is one of the ways we can give back, we hope. All right. Well, good. That's, that, those are good examples. I think that's important. So, so that's, that Rob, was one of the first. Thinking about, excuse me. Now I'm going to yeah. interrupt you. See, I think what's interesting in your business, because your technology really helps people hone in on what's working, right? Or yeah. not. Yep. And that, and so I think the piece for you, the value add, you'd have to be careful to say, hey, you know what? Right now, everybody is looking at everything as they should. And um, there's opportunities out there, or if they're not, they, they've got to make sure that they're making the right decisions. So we don't want to be using this downturn as a way to say we've got the answer, but right. we are, a lot of companies have the answer or getting the answer. Because I think they've got to get – there might be little needles in the haystack out there. Your technology can help them with that, or there's a strategy that's working, and so your technology can help them find that needle. I appreciate you saying that. So let me ask you another one. You're going to coach me again. I'm getting free consulting from a, an expert here. I love it. So besides the, the the changing the pricing, we also are adding more services at no charge. We're trying to say, hey, let's help you be able to make these adjustments. And so we add more professional services without having any more professional service charges. Those are things we're trying to do to make people feel safer because we're partnered with them. Yes. Um, are those good examples of, of trying to show? Great okay. And I think, you know, you say, hey, listen, right now, you know, we want to go beyond the cliche. We're all in this together. Yep. What you're doing is you're taking the action. Okay. Well, then let's shift from the salespeople. You've, you've yeah. given some great tactics on how to prospect with more EQ and more empathy. Now let's get into the sales leadership side. This is what your book is coming out in is, is sales, mm -hmm. you know, is, is, is more for the leaders. Your first one was about how to sell. This one's more about leadership. So I, is there anything that you can say as we shift to maybe it's more remote or maybe it's distressing fear? Are there, I don't know, are there like two or three things that sales leaders really need to get right at this time if they want to be an effective leader and, and, and show high EQ or emotional intelligence or empathy, whatever word you want to use for it? Is there like two or three things you'd say, really, right now, this is what you need to do as a leader? Right. So I would say there's um, maybe we'll hit – uh, the sales EQ and the IQ, right? So okay. the was something I mentioned before, stress management, right? Okay. And when you study Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, the basic needs are food, safety, and water, right? Who's <laughs> feeling like they really want to be self-actualized right now. So right. you can tap into that emotional state, which we've talked about. But then the number one tool, Rob, and I have done a lot of studying and research on this, the number one tool for managing stress is to take control. Because if a person feels really under a great deal of stress, it is when you mentally and physically feel out of control, right? Well, this is an environment where a lot of people feel out of control. So if you do the first two strategies addressing fear, real world empathy, right? Then a strategy, you can say, okay, let's turn our focus. What can we absolutely control? And this is a simple exercise you run with your team. So for many sellers, 
they may finally be open to starting their mornings with quiet time. So I always mm. check in with yourself before you check in your smartphone because all it's going to have is another news alert, you know, 5,000 yeah. more deaths, and now you've just shot cortisol over your body. And so, you know, so that quiet time, and the quiet time can include gratitude because gratitude, as we know, releases the feel-good hormone of dopamine. And really, when you start looking at how much you have to be grateful, my stress goes down. And so, you know, I'm just teaching, I'm just sharing with you, but they can control. I love it. To customers, they can control doing more role plays. They can control my, really having to pivot on their um, writing better messaging, right? Um, they can control the give goal. So they can reach out to referral partners. How can I help you? I've been able, there's some things I've been like, you know what, that's part of my strategy. And I introduced a colleague this morning to a group that's going to, do a short interview with me. And I said, you know what? She might be able to help you. She teaches people how to look good online. So I think those are all the things they can control. When you start seeing, when they start feeling in control, then you have that reality testing and say, the reality is right now, your close ratio may not be what it was before, or it may be, I don't know. So you start working with them on belief systems. What makes you believe that? Uh, I think the inspiration piece, I would be starting a different kind of book club. And I would be finding these books of people that have absolutely overcome the odds, right? Wow. And so it has nothing to do with sales. It has everything to do with the human spirit. Mm. And uh, because, you know, you can read a book uh, from Harriet Tubman to um, Ed Dr. Edith Edgar. I'm going to say its name. I should have known this. She wrote a book called The Promise. Um, and she was a, a concentra Nazi concentration survivor. Wow. You, you can find everyday heroes out there. If you just Google it, yep. I think when you can show people that, hey, look at the odds and then have a discussion around what do you think got them through those tough times? I love it. In the technical so, piece, I would say then, hey, you guys, let's use this time to, we often don't get as much time as we want, or maybe we do, but let's role play. But what's empathetic role playing look like? What are the new objections we're going to run into? You know, um, what's the new value props we need to create? Should should sales leaders like, – I like that. I like how you said role play. Should they should they actually help identify where the areas you can be empathetic to help salespeople be aware of those things? Yes. Um, Way more than just understanding use cases now. I mean, don't we take that same approach and say, here are some areas that you can really connect and 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 have empathy and, and, and help them practice having real-world empathy rather than opportunistic uh, – whatever you want to call it. You are spot on because when we teach empathy, we've got a framework on how managers need to be empathetic with their team. It's the same framework. We call it the S framework. And then there's ones for sellers with their prospects and customers. What's interesting is when you run people through the role play, they actually don't know how to do it very well, Rob. Wow. So it takes a lot of time um, because what will happen is, they finally say an empathetic statement and you, the recipient say, yeah. And guess what your inclination is? Well, let me show you how we can solve, fix, do. Right. Yeah. They simply have to extend the role play and say, you know what? You're not the first one to tell me that, but tell me your story. I want to know what's going on. So is that one of the biggest mistakes you make is you get a titch, you get a little tip of the iceberg on where you can have empathy and then you, just like when you find a little tiny bit of a need, then you run to the product and you get a little bit of a titch of the 
fear or the place that you can have empathy, you immediately go to the product. Is that one of the most common problems? It is. And I would, I link that back in the EQ training to self-awareness and impulse control. Have the awareness that sometimes when you run to share the product, it's because you have a sincere desire to help, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But you've got to have the awareness that timing is off. So listen to the story. So the impulse control is resisting the temptation, but you can't resist the temptation without having the awareness. And the awareness comes from carving out quiet time. How did I show up yesterday? When did I jump all over empathy instead of demonstrate it? Did I cause somebody to go into fight or flight because I was pitching? And remember, I think most people are really well-intentioned, but they get this quota, and now that quota is is going to be hanging over a few sellers' heads even larger. So, um, so self-awareness goes back to self-reflection. You have all of this. I mean, we could have a podcast on any one of these one-liners that you've given me. And uh, this has been so good. I, I love the fact that sales management is stress management. And, and I want to, I don't, before we move off and we start to wrap up, because I can't believe that our time is running short already. I, I just want to make we're sure. The, I, we're getting the hook. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I want to make it real clear to our listeners. Most of our sales leaders have created training programs or role plays or, practice opportunities on things that are ability to get them into product conversations and sales conversations. But I'm going to guess, and I'm going to say, I'm going to raise my hand and I'm going to say guilty as charged. I don't think that I've done a good enough job as a leader on the empathy or the emotional intelligence uh, side of understanding fear, understanding concerns, understanding, you know, I love that third E making it safe, the emotional brain. Mm-hmm. So you've you've talked about it. I asked you a question about it, but I'm going to say it like this. And you tell me if I'm being too strong. As a leader, especially today, you are letting your team down if you're not helping them practice that. You are. And um, I just recently wrote an article, and I said right now a lot of sales leaders are going to step up or some are going to fall down, and really not to any fault of their own because – if you think about it, Rob, in sales management training, what we call traditional sales management training, you are taught debrief a call, pre-brief a call, great coaching questions, pivot questions. But what we're not taught is the physiology of sales, right, and the psychology. So you're, you're missing the two Ps that comprise being a really good sales manager. And I think you've got to have all three. I love coaching a call. I mean – debrief it, what was the pain, what was the strategic implication, okay, where else is it, you know, all those good questions, but in this day and time, you're going to have to have that psychology and physiology in play, and they, and to, in fairness, most people have not been taught how to do it, they've been taught the what, but not the how, and there's a big difference there. Guaranteed, I've been in this game a long time, I'm a, I'm unfortunately now becoming one of the old timers, and, um, and careful, careful. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and I know you're right. I don't think you're right. I know you're right. Uh, there's a reason why people are so in such a hurry to get to product. And it's not just because they're worried about quota. It's because that's where the primary element of the training is. Yeah. And, and they haven't been trained to be slow to move off of those things. And, and I think that very few have actually been trained with the same kind of rigor and discipline that you're, you're talking about. 
And I have to think, and we'll finish with this and then we'll get into the way we, we wrap up every episode. I have to think that if you can make that something that is a strength for you, it's got to be one of your most defensible competitive advantages because mm-hmm. most are only giving it lip services. Any final thoughts around that? I mean, is that, have you seen that be the case as well? Yes. And I, and I, again, it's because when you, like when we teach value propositions, we will tell the sellers the neuroscience. Okay. You've got to connect with the reptilian brain. That's the real buyer. So you can have all these nice little titles, chief technical officer, CMO, CFO. The real buyer is the emotional brain. Then you've got to demonstrate empathy. And then when you're selling to the brain, you must paint, paint pictures. So there's a lot of elements in creating a really great value proposition. And when you tie all of those three in, then your marketing message speaks to whoever hears it, reads it, sees it. Love it. I think that we couldn't have wrapped this conversation better that way. I want to finish with one last question, then I'm going to ask the rapid fire three things that I ask everyone. For the people that are listening, can emotional intelligence be taught? Can it be taught? Absolutely. With a caveat, if you desire to change, grow, and improve. So, and and I always use the case study of my husband. Uh, We've been married 20 years. He cracks me up every day. He's like my live case study. I call him my lab rat. Okay. (laughs) But, uh, so he's an attorney by training. and And yet he knows he was a little bit low on the empathy. This is a gentleman that has read more books on emotional intelligence and empathy because he had a high desire to connect better with his clients. So I have, and I'm absolutely a a believer in it, but very focused and committed to it and has awareness to go, oh, I just blew it today and, and will have the self-regard to admit it. Right. So. All right. So it's, so it's like other skills, you have to commit to developing it, but it can be if you choose to. And right. it's people like you that will help. So before we get into how they get more of you, three, three things, rapid fire. Are you ready? Ready. Biggest sales leadership challenge you see facing uh, companies right now, and how do you beat it? This answer will surprise people, lack of focus. Hmm. Because tell me why, and then tell me how you beat it. Uh, right now, I think sales leaders are faced with a challenge I didn't have 25 years ago when I was you know, leading a large sales force. You've got incoming data all the time coming into your salespeople, and often they are so busy checking in on all the data that they're checked out. So salespeople, right now what I see sales leaders doing is they're accepting lack of focus as the norm. Go into a sales meeting, everybody pops up their laptops, then they put their adult binky, that would be their cell phone, their adult binky, and, and right? And so it looks like a command and control center. Who is paying attention to the sales leader at the front of the room or perhaps on a Zoom call? Because they're all checking things. And so if you study learning, you cannot, literally cannot learn new complex skills, which is a lot of what we're talking about, if you're not focused. The other thing I see happening, Rob, is when you allow your salespeople to be half focused, that becomes a habit. What you do repeatedly becomes a habit. Yep. When they get on a sales call, I think a lot of salespeople have a hard time being focused 100% for 45 minutes to an hour because if you've never practiced the habit of focus, you can't bring it to the conversation. Really good answer. I love it. Uh, that's that. You're right. I, I didn't expect you to go there. I get it. So thank you for that. Number two, 
uh, you've helped a lot of companies build teams. When you're interviewing members for a team, salespeople for a team, what's your favorite either question or topic to get into? And what are you looking for when, when you get, when you go there? So a favorite question I recommend to clients is to ask a potential candidate, tell me about a time when you've been treated unfairly. Ooh, what are you looking for? I see that kind of uh, sly smile on your face right now. That's, I, I, this slide always goes up, I've noticed. You know, but, <laughs> well, I was taught this by an HR professional, and he said, the answer you're looking for, everyone's been treated unfairly. The person that's really not entitled, able to move on, resilient, will give you their answer, and then they usually follow it up with, but you know, I learned this. Here's what I could do going forward to prevent it. So they take ownership. So I find high ownership people in life are the ones that I want on my team. The mm. other people give you an answer, and then they start ruminating, and they get angry again. So you'll find it's a really interesting question. So even if they were treated unfairly, they'll say, but, you know, I could have done this. Or here's the lesson. So they either did ownership or they got a lesson learned. Really good one. I love it. Looking for high ownership people. Love it so much. Last one. Uh, we found leaders are readers and the people that are the, the most committed to their ongoing uh, education and personal development are the ones that seem to stay connected in different ways. And so I don't care if it's turning pages in a book or listening to audibles or even if it's in bite sized chunks like podcasts or blogs. Is there anything that you would recommend to our listeners that they get their hands on or their ears on and, and add to their personal uh, library? Gosh, you know, one thing, I would keep reading all the business and sales books, but I think for our conversation today, find some books that are outside of sales. So one that I recommend a lot is Just Listen by Mark Goldston, hmm. U-L-S-T-O-N. It's not a new book, a terrific book. Um, you know, Marshall Goldsmith's book uh, titled Triggers is also a very good book. Awesome. And, um, you know, if they want a book that combines some of this neuroscience and empathy, I think most people have heard of this one now. Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference. We've had that one recommended a few times, and, and yeah. that's great to have you underscore an exclamation point, that one. That's a few of our guests have recommended it. I've read it as well. It's a great book. There's no yeah. doubt. Um, I'm going to look at my, uh, I think, uh, you know, Joe Dispenza has a lot of books on uh, that can help you understand the neuroscience of belief systems, how people learn, why they don't uh, move forward. And you have to spend some time on that one. But I do think that's where to become a great leader. You've got to understand how do people learn? What's holding them back? And it's so you've taught the selling skills. And if they're not doing it at that point, you've got to quit, you know, putting that bruise on your forehead and say, okay, there's something I'm not coaching to. No. Colleen, you're amazing. This has been such a great conversation. I can't believe that we, we've run out of time. For our listeners that are interested in developing their emotional intelligence journey and becoming, uh, having that be a competitive advantage for them and their teams, how do they connect with you? How do they get more of what's going on? How do they be sure to get a hold of the book that's coming out? You know, how do they do that? I first recommend they go to our website, which is salesleadershipdevelopment.com. Okay. And uh, we have a lot of free resources there so they can listen to, you know, podcasts like you and I, and we'll put yours at the top. Yes, good girl. From eBooks, we have a free EQ assessment they can take. Um, and then we do a weekly blog and blog. 
So we always try to fill that with some good tips that I, I have a lot of my sales managers that actually incorporate it into their sales meetings. Nice. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I would, I would tell all of our listeners, if you're not following Colleen, follow her, connect with her, hit her up, uh, take advantage of the opportunity to, to uh, learn from her and, and be sure in June when that book comes out, I'll be one of the first people to get my hands on it. I can't wait to get it. I will be sending you a copy. Yeah. And right now they've got the, uh, Amazon, uh, page up. So if people want to pre-order, but it's middle of June when it comes out. So you'll be seeing all over social media and, um, those things. So we'll make, we'll make sure that people know that resources out there. I don't know what my favorite part of today was. I like your e-cubed approach. Real world empathy, elephant, and then emotional brain. I like that. Uh, I, I really like sales management as stress management. Uh, I, I love the focus on losing the attachment to the outcome, but I, I think the one that's going to help me the most is intent is greater than technique. And pure, mm-hmm. the, the more pure that you, the word you use was when your intent becomes pure, that's when things start to change. And so I hope each one of you can have that be your calling card, the way you lead your teams and the way your teams engage your customers. And, and I want to thank you, Colleen. You're amazing. You. You're a great friend. Thanks for giving us the time. Our, our listeners, on behalf of our listeners, thank you. And as I say to everyone, happy selling. Uh, thanks, Rob. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, I need to thank our friends at Outreach for their support of the Sales Leadership Podcast and for helping us showcase great leaders like Colleen and get such a great set of insights on how to have real empathy at a time we need it most. Because that's exactly what Outreach is all about, helping every single person connect with prospects in ways that those that matter to them. Outreach will help you create sales engagement your reps and your customers will thank you for, and they'll do it at scale very quickly. Outreach is built by salespeople for salespeople, and they know how to help you scale. That's why they're a manager and a salesperson's best friend. And if you haven't registered for Outreach Unleash's virtual summit yet, do yourself a favor and sign up today. I'm speaking. A ton of other industry experts are speaking. And I promise you, this is an event you will be glad that you participated in. I'm excited to share my content updated content never shared before on how to overcome the sales leadership crisis. Now back to Colleen. She's been talking about EQ, emotional intelligence, and empathy for a long time. She literally wrote the book on it. And right now, I can't think of a more important topic than emotional intelligence and empathy. Every single person you speak with has had their world changed somehow in the last three weeks. And I'm not just talking about prospects. I'm talking about the members of the team that you lead. The changes that have hit people will be different in every single case. For example, lots of field salespeople are now inside salespeople that work from their homes. There are new tools, new skills, new activities, and new mechanics in this new sales environment. Priorities have changed for the people that you're calling. Timetables have changed. Urgency has changed. The things they care about literally have changed on a day-to-day basis. And I'm not saying it's good or bad, just that it's different. And it's important for us to have a plan to connect those to those things and understand them and why they matter. I'd suggest listening to this episode with Colleen several times as you work on your approach to messaging your customers. But I'd also give this a listen as you work on your updated approach to leading the members of your sales team. I've been speaking with sales leaders around the world in the last couple of weeks. And literally, I've spoken with dozens and dozens of sales leaders in 52 countries. And, and what I'm seeing is a lot of energy, 
around how they uh, around the messaging and how they sell. But what I would really focus on right now, in addition to that, is making adjustments to how you lead. Because now more than ever, we need strong leadership. It isn't about the carrot or the stick. It's about the connection. I want you to think about that. It's about the connection you have with, with each member of your team. I'd make sure your leadership plan has at least three areas of emphasis. First, the health and safety of each member of your team. And that needs to be authentic. Number two, what your plan is to help emphasize and identify the activities, skills, and mechanics required to win in your new environment. And three, a commitment to the ongoing development and success of each team member. Listen, you may not know the answers to all those things right now, especially number two, what are the new mechanics? But I'm telling you, that should be the most important thing for you to figure out after figuring out are the members of your team safe and healthy and how are their families doing? Because your leadership is going to be more important than it's ever been. Right now, you need to go back and make sure you follow the guidelines that Colleen laid down. They're fantastic, and we are lucky to have her on the show today. I can't tell you how much I appreciate her sharing her insights that will absolutely help you connect with those you work with. So to Colleen, thank you. Take my advice. Read her books. Follow her content. Work on your EQ game right now. It won't just help you win now. It will fuel the rest of your career. Thanks also to Outreach for their support of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Sales, uh, I'm sorry, Outreach is the, is the leading sales engagement platform. Supercharge your revenue building efforts and check out Outreach today. Your reps will thank you, your customers will thank you, and your team will accomplish more with the resources they have if you add Outreach to the equation. But as always, most of all, thanks to you, our listeners. Listen, the Sales Leadership Podcast is growing faster every single week. I think now that we're all working from home and kind of in a lockdown situation and, and we're investing in, in ourselves and developing our own personal leadership game, we're attracting even more people to the show. This is a good time for you to double down and listen to the podcast. Go back and listen to some of the other ones as well. And if you like what you're hearing, and particularly if you liked what you heard from Colleen today, please, please, please share it with your friends head to iTunes and give us a five-star review as this is the very best way for the show to grow and for me to continue to get access to the very best sales leaders in the world. So here's to showing empathy, no matter who you're speaking with. Here's to connecting before you try to correct. And, and I wish all of you a fantastic week. I hope that each of you are able to find ways to make how you connect with people and how you show empathy something that makes people work with you because they want to not because they have to or because you just have a great product. And with that, I'll leave you as always. Don't worry, especially in these times. Just execute because, as you know, we got you. Thanks for joining us for the Sales Leadership Podcast, your weekly pipeline to the most successful thought leaders and rainmakers in sales. Make sure to check out additional episodes at salesleadershippodcast.com The Sales Leadership Podcast is produced by Brian Jepson and is sponsored by Exoint, the modern sales leadership platform for salesforce.com users. You can visit Exoint at exvoyant.com.